Hello, sweet world. How are you? I am so excited to finally be releasing more podcast episodes. I have such a great lineup coming for you, so don't skip out on the next few weeks in particular. I promise you're going to want to make sure that you listen. Today's episode is about the importance of digestion and perinatal health. And so this is just a solo episode again. Um, I'm going into detail about why you want to pay attention to your digestive system and how that impacts your health in the perinatal season in particular. So why is this important for you? Because many of you go through your own times of perinatal health. So whether you're trying to conceive, whether you're currently pregnant, or if you're postpartum, all of this is going to be a reason why you are going to want to listen up. Also, please note that this podcast episode is pre-recorded. It was a short webinar that I did for doulas. So if there are there's language around having clients and whatnot, just know that you would be the client. Unless you're a doula, this would be for you too. If you are at all interested in a list of foods that can be supportive to your digestive system, I just thought of this right now. I really should have just created a landing page of sorts. I didn't, sorry. But if you are interested in something like that, DM me on Instagram at Mama Wheel, or you can email me, Nina Marie at mamawheel.org, and I'll send you the list for free. There's nothing here that you have to pay for. I'm not trying to get anything from you. Um, but I do have a list. I have a, a beautiful PDF that I can share with you. So if that's something that you're interested in, just reach out to me and I'll get it to you. Now let's start the show. Welcome to Milk and Meat, a podcast about the Bible, food, and motherhood. I'm your host, Nina Marie, and I'm very excited for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope that you're able to gain added skills and tools that you need in order to take control of your health, the health of your family, to eat delicious food that nourishes you, and that you may be conformed to the image of Christ. Let's dig in. So, we will be discussing why it's important to understand the digestive system is really important because oftentimes some of the things that our clients talk to us about are digestive dysfunction in nature. And if we can know what optimal function is and what dysfunction is, then we can help um, educate our clients a little more. So when they complain about things like constipation or pain in the lower right side or um, diarrhea, loose stools, bloating, gas, all of those are signs of dysfunctional digestion. And we could probe a little more in order to help direct them when it comes to education as well. Um, but let's go ahead and paint an overview of what digestion is, how it functions, what parts of the system are involved. It's going to be a brief overview, but it will get into some details that you're probably not used to talking about. So what is digestion? Digestion is a north to south process that actually starts in the brain. You can elicit your body's digestive response simply by thinking about food or smelling food. Think about the times that you may drive by a bakery and you can smell the bread being made. That will begin saliva to be produced in your mouth. Um, and that's important for you to understand that it starts in the brain. So if there's something off 
with your central nervous system, that will directly impact your digestive system. So when you have uh, clients who have issues with mental health disorders and whatnot, it's something to pay attention to because it's likely connected to dysfunction in the digestive system, whether the chicken came first or the egg isn't the, the answer we're trying to solve. We need to understand that the two are linked, right? So digestion starts in the brain. And the digestion is the chemical and mechanical breakdown of food in order for the body to extract nutrients that are to be absorbed, right? Okay, so let's look at the first place after the brain, our mouth. Our mouth does both chemical and mechanical breakdown. You masticate, you chew, that is mechanical breakdown. And in that mastication, there is something that is released in your saliva. There are different enzymes that are uh, secreted with your saliva that help to break down the food. That is a chemical breakdown, right? And so if people are not chewing enough, they are causing further dysfunction later because your teeth are in your mouth. They're not in your stomach or anywhere else in your digestive system. So you need to chew your food enough before swallowing. I let all of my clients know, you chew to the point where your food is mushy enough that you can't discern it like one ingredient from the other. So if you ate a piece of steak with potatoes, you chewed so much that you can't tell which is steak and which is potato, and then you can swallow. You've probably heard like chew for 30 seconds or chew 30 times or whatever it is. Sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. It's depending on what you you are eating. Just you chew to the point where the food is mushy, like baby food, and then you swallow. Okay, then food goes down the esophagus, the throat, into the stomach. The stomach is the next place of the digestive system. There is a sphincter between the stomach, um, the esophagus and the stomach that opens and closes to let food pass. And it closes so that stomach acid doesn't get into the esophagus. That's what causes the um, feeling of heartburn. And so you have that sphincter that opens and closes. It keeps the stomach acid down. So we need to have an acidic stomach. Um, things like Tums or acid blockers, proton pump inhibitors, those all suppress stomach acid production, and that's actually a problem for digestion. Most people who have that feeling of heartburn actually have too little stomach acid, not too much. It's actually pretty rare to have too much stomach acid. And let me explain how that can be. So if if your body does, if your stomach doesn't have enough acid, the acid's purpose is chemical breakdown of that food. The stomach also um, produces a mechanical breakdown because it has propulsion. Um, think of like peristalsis, like it moves it around. So it's it's a, what's it called? There's a specific like fun term. I can't remember it at the top of my head right now. So it's like, it stews it with its juices, okay? So you have this stew being made in the stomach. If there is not enough stomach acid or if it's not acidic enough and the pH scale goes from 0 to 7 to 14, so anything under 7 is acidic. Anything above 7 is alkaline. 7 is neutral. Your stomach acid should be at like 2 to 3.2 on the pH, pH scale. 
So if it's not acidic enough, if it doesn't have enough acid, it's not breaking down your food. And the stomach acid is extremely necessary for breaking down carbohydrates and proteins in particular. And so if it doesn't break down your food, the other sphincter at the end of the stomach, so you have the top one, the cardiac sphincter or the esophageal sphincter, and then the lower end one that connects to the small intestine, um, that only opens or is triggered open depending on the pH of like the food of, is in the stomach, right? And so if it hasn't like broken down enough, it's just gonna sit in the stomach. And if it just sits in the stomach, by the time you eat your next meal, there could be too much food. There's now pressure on that top esophageal sphincter and that that sphincter can open and the stomach acid gets into the esophagus. So you may have a little bit of stomach acid, but it still hurts because it's gotten into a place that it's not supposed to be. The stomach has a mucosal lining that protects itself from its own acid and the esophagus does not have a mucosal lining. So you have the tissue of the stomach, right? And this mucosal lining that protects that tissue, uh, whereas the esophagus has a tissue and no protective mucosal lining. So low stomach acid is often the cause for heartburn because the food just sits in the stomach, it piles up and there's pressure on that esophageal sphincter that it becomes weakened and opens easily and allows the stomach acid that is there to pass back up into the esophagus. So we need enough stomach acid in the stomach. We're going through the digestive system if you just joined. And with that, the pH of that mush in the stomach then passes into the small intestine. Now, the pH needs to be a specific number because that helps trigger in the esophagus the secretion of bile, which comes from the liver, it's stored in the gallbladder, and it's then secreted into the small intestine to help emulsify fat. And it also triggers the secretions from the pancreas of uh, further enzymes to help break the food down. So as that food passes through the small intestine, it's being broken down by those secretions that came after it exited the stomach. And then in the small intestine, that's where most of the nutrient absorption takes place. So a lot of the nutrients, like 90% of nutrients are being taken up or it's an uptake in the small intestine, then that passes to the large intestine where whatever was left often feeds the bacteria. That's where our microbiome is. It feeds the bacteria, probi uh, prebiotics are feeding the probiotics, et cetera, and, and like trying to get rid of opportunistic bacteria, et cetera. And then whatever's left is passed through the colon and is waste, okay? So why is it important for a doula to understand this digestive process? That was a very brief overview. One, pregnancy is an inherent stressor on the body. And this stressor costs the pregnant person nutrients. So it is a nutrient depleting uh, stage of life. The body is going to, um, what's the word, prefer and and it's going to choose the baby's well-being over the mother or before the mother, not over. And so this nutrient depleting stage means when mother takes in her nutrients, she is uh, passing it to her baby first and then herself. So during pregnancy, 
nutrients are being depleted. So why is that imp- why is it important to understand digestion? Well, we want to make sure that those nutrients that she is taking in during pregnancy are optimal for the usage the body needs for that baby's growth. Like we want protein to be broken down into amino acids so that baby's tissue and body and cells can be built up. We want fat to be broken down to fatty acids because that produces a protective lining over organs that's necessary for brain growth. Like we want her digestion to be optimal so that baby can grow, but so that she can also have enough of the nutrients that she needs for her own body. Apart from that in postpartum, her digestion needs to be optimal because we need her body to be able to replete those stores that became depleted. So a lot of iron was used in pregnancy, a lot of vitamin A, a lot of choline, a lot of vitamin D, a lot of DHA, et cetera. Those things are being used and depleted during pregnancy. We need optimal digestion in order to replete them. Otherwise the system isn't breaking down the nutrients as they should and not filling those stores back up. You can think of the stores as like a mall. You've got a vitamin A store instead of Claire's, you know, you've got a vitamin D store instead of Target, whatever. You've got all these nutrient stores and the shelves have been laid bare or or very minimal. And we want digestion to be optimal in order to fill those shelves back up. We need to restore and replete those nutrient stores. And then optimal digestion also decreases the possibility of food sensitivities and food allergies in a breastfed baby. So a breastfed baby's digestive system is extremely immature and will remain so for at least two years. So think of the first two years after birth as uh, sensitive when it comes to the digestive system system of the baby or the child. Um, When a baby is breastfed, there are protective mechanisms inside breast milk that help build up a baby's gut in particular. So as I mentioned before, the small intestine is where 90% of nutrients are taken up into the body, pass into the bloodstream. The blood transfers nutrients all across the body where it needs to go. So if a baby's gut is immature, we need mom who is breastfeeding, uh, her digestion to be optimal because we don't want one maldigested food particles to pass to her baby. How does this occur? Mom eats food, mom's digestive system breaks down food, food is taken up in the small intestine to blood. Blood is what creates, or nutrients in the blood are what bring nutrients to the breast milk. Breast milk is passed to child, child swallows milk, milk is now in child's digestive system. It's a lot of steps, but what is going on in mom's digestive system? will impact a breastfed baby's digestive system. So if mom's digestive system is not breaking down nutrients as it should, she will have maldigested food particles. She will have maldigested proteins that have been taken up in the small intestine uh, or like made holes in her small intestine. That's what leaky gut is. When you have maldigested proteins, they can make holes because they're too big. Um, and now a bunch of things can pass into the bloodstream. bloodstream. That protective barrier is now has holes in it. So you have these maldigested food particles, potential toxins, uh, bacteria, etc. Um, now we have this like level of inflammation because the immune system is on attack because those holes are there. And then nutrients pass through the body to bring nutrients to breast milk, but those nutrients are still maldigested. It can pass into baby's 
immature gut lining, which is supposed to be protective, but is now potentially causing holes and damage in the gut. So, and this is what leads to food sensitivities and food allergies. Allergies are often, food allergies are often a result of leaky gut. So when mom's op- digestion is optimal, if she's breastfeeding her baby, it is protective to her baby's uh, Im- immature gut. Next, nutrients or lack thereof um, in breast milk are dependent on mom's digestion, as I just stated. So when mom's digestion is dysfunctional, it's going to lead to that damage in the gut. So we have the food sensitivities that can arise in baby because of mom's optimal uh, dysfunctional digestion. And then we have things like damage to baby's gut lining because of mom's dysfunctional digestion. There are, excuse me, physicians who have also um, connected a mother's stomach acid status to their baby's colic. So consider this. If the stomach acid is necessary to break down carbohydrates and proteins as small as possible before it passes into the large intestine and receives the enzymes and bile for further breakdown of food. Um, If stomach acid is not optimal, if it's not acidic enough, if there's not enough acid, then everything that comes after is affected because we need that pH to be a specific uh, number in order for it, for when it passes into the small intestine to trigger the secretion of other things from bringing food down. If that doesn't happen, it keeps moving on. Nutrients aren't taken up as they should, or they're taken up in maldigested particles. Um, Continues passing on, it can lead to opportunistic bacteria growing. You have overgrowth of fungus, parasites, et cetera. And then, we have this dysfunction that's now passed on to baby because those nutrients did not break down as they should and then were passed on via breast milk. Now, if mom's not breastfeeding and baby has colic, then that is thrown out the window. It's just, we need to understand that there are connections from a, a digestive standpoint to overall health. So optimal digestion can also lead to less stress and more sleep. This one is probably like mind-blowing to me. So for less stress, if the body is digesting food optimally, there is no stress response elicited. So the same response that your body produces if you were running from a tiger, running from a bear, running from an axe murderer, whatever, that chemical response that what happens in that moment in your body is blood is taken away from the digestive system and rushed to the extremities because you are in danger and you need to run. You need to save your life. Digestion right now needs to be put on hold. That's not necessary. It's not life-saving. We need to produce the actions that are life-saving. So running, et cetera, fighting back, et cetera. So When the body does not digest food properly, it elicits a stress response, the same response that your body would produce if you were running from the tiger, axe murderer, etc. Consider this. 
if it is, if your body thinks that it is in a stage of life or death situation, and it's because your digestive system is impaired, then the response is take blood flow away from the digestive system because that's not life-saving and send it to other parts of the body. This also means that it's taking away focus from things like um, fertility, things like breastfeeding. Those are things like giving birth. Those are actions that are not life-saving. The body is so smart. And so when you consider the stress response, when it is a when it interprets, it perceives this life or death death situation, then it's going to put on hold things that are not necessary in that moment. Because what's necessary in that moment is fighting or fleeing for your life, not producing a baby, breastfeeding a baby, having a baby, optimal digestion and bowel movements and whatnot. So when you have optimal digestion, you produce less stress in the body. Blood sugar dysregulation leads to stress in the body, that same response. And so it it causes dysfunction in the body's systems. And then when you have optimal digestion, it produces more sleep. Your body, when when you have optimal digestion and that, that stress response, that elevation of cortisol is not present, that means that the body can produce melatonin when it needs to. So instead of cortisol being elevated in the evening, which is the wakefulness hormone, if you're waking up in the middle of the night, that's cortisol jumping up. Uh, If you can't get to sleep, it's cortisol jumping up. When that is suppressed because there's no need for that cortisol, there's no need for that life or death situation response, then melatonin can be produced. That is the sleepy hormone, right? So Optimal digestion decreases cortisol, which means melatonin can be increased for the times that you're supposed to be sleeping. And it also means that your body can extract melatonin from foods that you're consuming, foods like shrimp, banana, cherries, and almonds. Those are off the top of my head. Those all have high contents of melatonin. If you're digesting properly, your body can take those nutrients in, melatonin included so that when it's time to go to sleep, melatonin is secreted and your body can rest as it should. So optimal digestion is connected to so much in perinatal health. It's connected to mom's ability to be able to uh, replete her nutrient stores. It's connected to the ability to decrease food sensitivities and allergies in the breastfed baby as well as colic. It is connected to um, ensuring that baby's gut is protected because it's not passing on those maldigested particles, but actually all of the gut healing, gut filling um, nutrients, things like L-glutamine, which is an amino acid and whatnot. And then optimal digestion is important because it produces less stress in the body or decreases stress in the body and more melatonin, more sleep is available to a person with optimal digestion. Um, Those were the four main points that I had revolving around digestion alone. Um, And I wanted you to understand that this work over functional nutrition is really important to perinatal health. I get many questions from clients that I work with 
regarding what their bodies need. And if we can understand the signs of dysfunction, as I mentioned previously, we can better gear clients for education. So if mom is concerned about baby's colic, before going straight to, um, I don't know, gripe water, probiotics or whatever, let's talk about mom. Where is she? How is she doing? And, and and see if there's anything in her that could be contributing. And And then it can be helpful to understand if mom is having dysfunction somewhere. If she's talking about constipation, um, which is often a, an issue in postpartum, what can we do to help guide her on supporting her body? Because oftentimes going to the physician is just eat more fiber. That could be it, but it could be something else. Like it could be dehydration. It could be um, the bacterial imbalance in her gut, honestly. So if she's if she's consuming a lot of processed foods or not consuming enough food, or if she doesn't have optimal digestion, then proteins that are broken down begin to putrefy. And so that means they begin to rot. Um, carbohydrates begin to ferment. That's them rotting. Um, fatty acids begin to, there's another word for their, for their um, rotting. Putrefy, fermentation, rancidify. So fatty acids rancidify. All of those things can cause further dysfunction in the digestive system. Um, so back to like constipation, imbalance in the microbiome because of that rotting of the fats, proteins, and carbs can occur. And so you have this opportunistic bacterial strains that begin to overgrow. And when specific strains are overgrown, you can have symptoms like constipation or other strains that overgrow lead to symptoms of um loose stools. And so it really does depend, like there's so much that goes on in the digestive system that's directly connected to um, our symptoms. And if we can understand the symptoms through the lens of digestion, we can educate clients and even support them in specific meals that we prepare. So I often prepare meals for my postpartum clients. And it's really important to understand how to balance um, how to have a macronutrient balanced meal that supports digestion and perinatal health. Um, and that's something that I'm actually going to be going over next week, Friday, uh, in a webinar. It's an hour long. And that I'll link that in the comments here if anyone is interested. It's only $20. We're going to go over understanding how to build a macronutrient balanced plate. Um, there will be three key nutrients to pay attention to. And I'll have a list of those nutrients. So you, you'll walk away with something tangible to be able to use in your practice right away. You'll have all of the slides from that webinar and the recording as well. Um, and then we'll also even chat a little bit about business as a perinatal support person, doula, non-doula, birth worker, et cetera. Um, so we'll chat about how to implement un all of this understanding of nutrition in your practice and how it positions you to, to have like one up on other doulas that may be interviewing with a client that you're interviewing with. Um, I hear all the time from every single client that I've ever booked. They said, we chose you because of your nutrition knowledge or your nutrition training. We needed more of that kind of education. Uh, so we'll talk about how to implement this in your work with like branding and speaking to your ideal client. My ideal client is someone who wants help 
supporting their, their body through nutrition in the postpartum time. Like I have a very specific person that I want to help. Others are trying to help mothers who want to formula feed. You could be wanting to, to support a mother who wants to breastfeed. Um, maybe you want to support moms in home births. Maybe you want to support moms in uh, hospital births to make sure that they get the care that they deserve. Like it, you have to know how to speak to that ideal client. And so we're going to chat about that as well in the webinar. Uh, but I hope that this specifically was beneficial to you. And, and even if it's just applicable to your own life and your family at home, understanding digestion is so important. My kids, we talk about this all the time, like they understand what to look for in their poop. Um, so like knowing the signs of a good poop, knowing the signs of a bad poop is really important because it tells you what's going on in your digestive system. And if that's something that you'd like to learn about, I, I actually shared a post on this today on my Instagram. So I'll connect that as well. It gives you the details on like what to look for when it comes to poop. And that's something that you can share with your clients, especially when you have to have the conversation about the first poop after birth that everyone's afraid of. Like you want to know what it should look like. You want to know the signs that something's wrong, um, that your your digestive system is a little sluggish. How can we support it if you see this? How do we support it if you see that? And so uh, all in all, digestion and understanding it is vital to perinatal health. I will link next week's webinar in the comments below, and I'll also link the information on understanding what to look for when it comes to a bowel movement and how to know if you have a healthy one or unhealthy one. Mm -hmm.